H-Y-Y and Billy Penn, it is hitting season. Hey there, podcast pals. I'm John Stolnes from The Good Fight and Billy Penn. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. Coming up, the position players are starting to arrive in Clearwater. Bryce Harper makes his triumphant entry into spring training and talks a lot about playing first base and a contract extension. And we're going to find a similar theme here with a lot of these players as they're reporting to camp. A lot of storylines that we've already talked about a lot during the course of of the winner. So the beat writers are going to have an interesting time trying to find some new angles, just as we are uh, talking about the Phillies. But more and more players are starting to show up. So we're going to talk about the first few days. And uh, joining me to talk about it, Justin Clue and Liz Rocher. Of course, Liz Rocher from Yahoo Sports. Follow her on Twitter at Liz Rocher. Hello, Liz. How was your weekend? How are you? Um, well, I'll admit I've been better. The Brewers, the Brewers tweeted out a video of Reese Hoskins, and uh, it hurt me. I'm in pain. Uh, <laughs> I'm in mourning. I'm upset. Yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't even the Brewers. It was John Clark. It was John Clark who tweeted it out. Yeah. It's just. Uh, What's John doing? How, how's how's that mean, helping us, John? I, he's taking a break from his busy work at the airport, I guess, where he lives all the time. I, I I don't know what else he does when he's not doing that, but it it, it right now it's he's doing that and breaking my heart. So, thanks, yeah. John. Well, that's all just part of the that's all part of the spring training game is 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 breaking hearts uh, left and right here, watching former players, beloved players, go play for um, <laughs> not a hated rival in the Brewers, but somebody else anyway. Uh, Another Justin, team, and that's enough. That's enough for when it comes to Reese Hoskins. That's for sure. Uh, Justin Clue from Baseball Prospectus. Follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Clue. Justin, what's going on with you, buddy? Friday afternoon. Elizabeth and I recorded the regular episode of uh, this this show, mm-hmm. um, and then right when we finished, the news that the Phillies had signed Whit Merrifield broke, and yep. we jumped back on, recorded a quick epilogue, just kind of zipping that up, talking about who he is and everything, and uh, ended the end of the sh- end of the show, and just you know posted the episode and everything, and in the ensuing forty eight hours, this deal. <laughs> became the most important deal that the Philadelphia Phillies <laughs> have ever completed. Yep. And and it went and not only that, it ripple affected just out into the into the into the city, basically ruining or completing the lives of everyone who learned about it. A deal that Whit Merrifield probably didn't think about as much as the crowd's reaction to Whit Merrifield's deal. A deal that Dave Dombrowski probably worked out between beach volleyball games and then didn't think about again after he set up the date and time for the physicals. I guess we all know that this is just the product of not having a lot to react to throughout Mm -hmm. the winter, Mm -hmm. but that was a behavioral studies exercise that, that went on just for far too long. Into the, it was like 9.30 9.30 on a Friday night. People are still debating the merits of a one-year deal for a bench player on the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I don't know. I can't say I've never seen anything like it. It's just mm-hmm. more that you have. I was I was staggered. I was I was a little staggered and confused at get the life, bigness of the, of the reaction. Yeah, to, the, em- to the emergency Whit Merrifield podcasts uh, were, were a little much. But, I mean, I, again, everybody just... <laughs> bloodthirsty for news about this baseball team. 
<laughs> just because some bring me something, something new. We must have something fresh, and not some not some player who may never see the major leagues. He signed to a minor league deal, and you know maybe if the stars align, you, you get yourself a, a Jeff Hoffman. No, this is a player we've heard of before who didn't play on the team last year. And yeah, that's the thing with the Whit Merrifields. Like when we were talking about the possibility of Whit Merrifield, his name had come up in rumors during, it's especially grown even more over the last couple of weeks. He had uh, Bowden write an article saying he thought the Phillies it was a, he thought that was the best fit for him. Not that he'd heard Whit Merrifield was close to signing, just mindless speculation <laughs> that he thought Whit Merrifield would be a good fit with the Phillies. It and by makes this me point, angry that the Phillies proved him right. I, yeah. I, he should never be correct in anything, and the Phillies made him look good for that. I'm angry about it. Bowden was out there today talking about how, hey, if Zach Wheeler's camp gets greedy, then the Phillies could just grab Blake Snell and have all three of them and then just have Blake Snell for for if he gets greedy. That's his actual words. If his camp gets greedy. What? How? That doesn't even make sense (laughs) together. Like, how does I love it? A guy who's gotten Cy Young votes every year he's been here, who's done nothing but produce and show up in big moments. What if this guy gets greedy? Yeah. What does that even mean? How? Unless he's asking for like Shohei Otani money. Mm hmm. There's no such thing as greedy. I hear what Zach Wheeler wants. Let's let's be honest with you here. Fifty million dollars a year, a year plus a small country named after him. That's what Zach Wheeler wants right now. This is after there was like a a profile about Wheeler, about the extension, written where he does nothing but gush over his life in Philadelphia and how much he likes it here and how ownership has their back and like this is. And, and, and giving, giving every indication that, like, yeah, you know, at the moment, you don't seem to really have to worry about this being an issue. Everybody seems like they want the same thing, and, you know, time will go by, and they'll work it out. You know, I'm, you know we don't know what's going to happen, but as far as negotiations go, seems like a good place to be. Uh, and then, no, you know, Jim Bowden comes in and says, now, hang on a second. <laughs> I know baseball Unless players. those money grubbers <laughs> want <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, Back you know, to and, Merrifield, though. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, I, didn't, I mean, I thought you guys covered it pretty well on the last podcast. I'll just throw in my two cents in that I, he's coming in here to replace Christian Pache, essentially. Like he's people are thinking, oh, but less than bats for Jake Cave. I don't see that. You know, Jake Cave is the left-handed guy off the bench. It's not Whit Merrifield's a right-handed hitter. So if anything, he's taking some at bats away from Christian Pache, or maybe taking up a roster spot of Christian Pache, not not Jake Cave. So maybe it does mean an at-bat or two less for Jake Cave, but Jake Cave is typically going to be against a right-handed pitcher, in which case you want Whit Merrifield batting against lefties moving forward. But that's beside the point. What you're getting here is what you hoped you were getting from Josh Harrison when you signed him a couple of years ago. And I think Whit Merrifield, I think Whit Merrifield is at this point in his career still a better player than Josh Harrison was when he came to Philadelphia. We have to hope so, because Josh Harrison was, of course, a disaster when he came to Philadelphia. But Whit Merrifield, that's what he's designed to be here. And if he couldn't land a starting job someplace else, then that should tell you the kind of player that he is right now. I think it's a fine signing, right? It's a no harm, no foul signing. If it works out, then great. He might provide you some, he might provide Bryson Stott a few days off against a a tough lefty pitcher, especially if Stott gets into a slump. You can play him out in left field or, or platoon him with Marsh a little bit. I still want Marsh to play mostly against lefties, but... He just he gives you that flexibility, which is what Dave Dabrowski said he wants. But Whit Merrifield, and maybe the reduced, I know the Phillies' thought here is that by not playing every day, by being a guy who plays two, three times a week, that'll elevate Whit Merrifield's game. And you get 
you might get you'll get first half Whit Merrifield from last year when he made the All Star team, as opposed to second half Whit Merrifield, which I know you guys talked about as well. He really cratered in the second half of the season, and that playing every day likely was the result of that. That's the Phillies thinking. Sounds fine in theory, but this is not. They did not sign prime seventy stolen base, top of the lineup Whit Merrifield here. This is a he's a decent player. He's going to probably get. 400 plate appearances this year, maybe, maybe 400 plate appearances. It's probably more likely now that I'm thinking about it, 300 to 350. So great. It's it's a good depth move. It's a good depth move. But we didn't need to break out the emergency podcasts for this one, kids. We really the, didn't. The problem is he was an all-star last year. That's yeah. that's what you then latch on to. And you're like, wow, the Phillies went out and got a 2023 all-star without the context of, yes, he was, well, I guess he was, a Toron- he was with Toronto. Toronto, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I hope he's not playing a whole lot of center, honestly. I, I feel like the, the... No, he shouldn't play any. The super utility aspect is not a fair label for him anymore. You know, you want to call him a utility guy, fine. Stick him in left, drop him at second. Sure. But, yeah, if, if he's seeing, if he's getting exposed a whole lot, then, th- you know, this was a bad plan. But that's not anything the Phillies... That's that's not their plan. That's not what they have been planning right. to do. So right. Right. I don't, it's just they added a bench bat. They added the guy that has been the rumored guy, the fabled outfield bench bat all off season long. He's 35 years old. He's not as fast anymore. You've heard his name before. And yeah, he was an all star last year. That was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, the, but the logic you just kind of laid out there that like by playing him in one or two games a week or at you know, a couple of bats a week that he's not going to be as exposed and therefore limit the amount of time he has to turn into the second half version of himself from last year. But I mean, aren't guys always saying that it's tough to get in a groove when you're not playing every day. So like yes. that kind of pulls with that thread too. So it's not, there's like, no if right limit answer. The bats, he'll just be his first half self. I just don't think that is the right answer either. No, all of these things are, these are just things that players and coaches, managers say, when there's no other explanation, it's just you know. Well, well you know, like, we first a bench half, player, guys. I don't know what to right. tell you. <laughs> exactly. It's it's just like you know, you know, he'll just be his first half self or his second half self. Like no, no, no. None of it, baseball and the way that guys hit. There is strategy and there is skill, but a lot of it is magic. These yeah. guys are the best guys in the world at figuring out how to make that magic to get the bat to hit the ball. Most mortals don't have it. <laughs> like, there's no explanation. He's just going to, we're going to meet a whole new Whit Merrifield this year because he's new every year. The theory is that the reason he suffered in the second half was because his body wore down from playing every day and that his body has gotten to the point where he just can't do 150 games starting in the outfield a season. So the thinking is, if you play him a little less frequently, you play him more sparingly, you make him a bench guy where he can start two, three days a week as opposed to six or seven days a week, that he's fresher the whole season, his body doesn't wear down, and that he gives you the production he gave you in the first half when he was fresher. I don't know if any of that's going to come to pass. Like if you he's said, starting six, seven games a week, as we've said, something has happened. Something right. bad has right. happened because he shouldn't be playing that much and that's the problem i think people are worried that he's going to play that much for some reason and so everyone is up in arms about it and i'm over here uh, i'm just uh, i guess not carry that much i don't care for what mary field i also don't care that he's here <laughs> you know like we can all get let's get all get turned up about something that does not matter 
This does not matter, guys. Not that, not you guys, but like the people losing their brains about it. Let's all, let's all pick something small that doesn't matter until we go insane. Let's just pick apart. There's a little tiny fuzzy sticking out on the sweater. Then you pull at and pull at it and pull at it. And now it's just a giant hole in the middle of your sweater and you're at a restaurant and now you don't know what to do. Liz, is this biographical? This happened this weekend, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think think that's a fairly new memory. Liz Um, was asked to leave a restaurant for yanking on her own sweater. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, good that they signed him because they needed a guy who can play multiple positions and has some experience and maybe some speed. And there he is. Yeah, it's fine. It's good signing. Good yep. signing. Glad they did it. Glad they did it. It felt it, it felt like they didn't have quite enough outfield depth. This is good outfield depth, and and that's about the long and short of it. We'll see how good he is. But um, and I listen. I hope he, if if he's more impactful, then great, then great. But I, I'm not. We shouldn't expect that. And I think that's I think that's kind of where our meeting of the minds is is meeting here. So um, let's talk about something else. Uh, let's talk about Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper arrived in Clearwater again. Uh, there's not anything Bryce Harper said uh, upon his arrival on Sunday uh, that was particularly surprising or eyebrow raising. Uh, he did say, I thought was interesting, that it was really the Phillies coming to him and saying, we would like you to play first base, as opposed to it being Bryce's decision to play first base. Although I think it really was a conversation, it sounds like. But the way Bryce framed it was that basically he said, I'll play wherever you want me to play. Where, where do you want me to be? And the team said, we see you long term as a fit at first base, which again is the smarter baseball move because it it keeps Bryce Harper out of out of right field it, it, it keeps his his throwing elbow from having a recurrence of any kind of of injury there you get Kyle Schwarber into the DH spot on a virtually everyday basis and it it did mean you had to say goodbye to Reese Hoskins but you know you're figuring out the outfield stuff right now with Johan Rojas and and Brandon Marsh out there and you know we'll see how that goes but i, I thought that was interesting that he kind of framed it more as it being the team's decision, which makes sense. It really kind of should be the team's decision based on all the other things that had to happen after it. Um, and he also is still talking about the contract extension that he says he wants at the end of the next eight years of his deal. Um, I still, I mean, I love Bryce Harper. I love he that he wants to play until he's 45. Guys, wants, what's, 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 what's the deal with the extension, honestly? Like, we talked I, about this before, and you kind of laugh about it. And it's like, okay, sure, Bryce, whatever. Um, but what's what's the deal? Now like he's this back. is this is like yeah. this is this is. Have you ever heard of like these guys with these mega deals? Otani, Trout, Judge, Machado, Tatis, Lindor. They got these like big long deals, and then show up one day and they're like, "I want more, tack on more years." I, have you ever seen that before? I don't no. think I remember that happening. So like, what's just 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 guess here like what's what's going on what's in his head does like he is an intense person and i think he genuinely loves it in philadelphia and he's having a good time i can totally see it that he is just like yeah no i want to i want to lock it up forever but at the same time couldn't the deal in its current state be forever like why does he just he's just very sure that he will be playing that much yep. later and he was like Tom i want to make sure those times i'm playing are in the place i want to play in Tom is that Brady. really it that's yeah? it he wants okay. to be uh, I think he just really wants to be the guy that plays forever. He wants to be the guy that can prove, yes, 
you can't do this at a high level forever because position players don't typically last that long. Like you get the occasional pitcher who lasts until he's, you know, 45, like the occasional Jamie Moyer, you know, the, what is you the get Phil one Negro? Jamie Moyer. There are no occasional Jamie Moyers. <laughs> no. It's Nolan just Jamie Ryan, Moyer, Jamie Moyer, and that's about the end of the list. Julio yeah. Franco, but he wasn't a pitcher. So <laughs> You know, like yeah. you get some of those guys, but like position players don't, that's just not something that position players do. And he wants to be the guy to prove it because he's, I mean, he's already proven he can come back faster from Tommy John surgery than anyone before. He's already a medical marvel. So I think he just, and I think what you guys have said is correct. I think a lot of it is he's comfortable here. He really likes it here. I think he just wants to continually show the city that, no, he's for real. I'm here and I want to be here forever. And (laughs) it's not just that I want to be here forever. It's that I want to be the greatest and I want to be the greatest here. And I want to be, I want to make Philadelphia the greatest and pull Philadelphia along. I also want to be Philadelphia's savior and the father of Philadelphia. I really just want to be everything to Philadelphia. (laughs) That's Bryce Harper. Are you guys flattered by this? That Bryce Harper's like, I will be at all of your funerals that like he is <laughs> he is like i'm so yeah. in that i am more in than every single one of you like is this is this is flattering right he's that out like, diehardying the diehards yeah would he be uh, doing I mean, this if, if he wound up in san francisco would he be still would he be doing this that's a great question i i don't know i don't know i think there's a special energy with philadelphia that's connected with him i'd like to think that anyway uh, i'd like to think that the philadelphia has a unique energy the fact that the atmosphere in the playoffs has been the way it's been i think is unique i, I don't we haven't everything you hear is that you don't see this kind of atmosphere someplace else i think that's he already loved the city beforehand but that i think has really cemented it for him that he wants to win it all here and he wants to win it all a lot of times here i I do think he honestly feels like he's an iron man that he can do whatever he wants with his body and that he can play well into his 40s i don't understand the urgency well i do understand the urgency he's at the top of his game right now yeah and if he's going to get an extension it's not going to be with two years left on this current deal because by that point, he's going to be in his mid-30s, and a decline may be already happening. May- maybe it won't be, but it may be happening. Teams Stop typically don't. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did whoa. you do? What kind of show is this? What are you saying, doing? I'm trying to. I'm just saying the reason. Leave that he's out of the notes. They're you were get us killed. You didn't write that in the notes. <laughs> you put. You were saying that. I'm literally looking up, and it, I was about to interject at your next pause and say, you know, he was in the MVP conversation this year. As he was recovering from Tommy John surgery, he won right, his but silver But I'm talking slugger. seven years from now. Well, seven, seven years from now. But right, you just said the decline may even be happening. I'm just like, what are at you that talking point, about? At that point, when 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 listen, when he's 36 years old, 37 years old, do I automatically assume he's still going to be an MVP candidate? Well, no, and you can't. So that's why he's trying to negotiate something now when he is an MVP candidate and not six or seven years from now when he's only got one or two years left on this deal. And you might find a guy who, if he if he's hitting 240 and his power isn't there anymore, he's probably not going to get an extra five years on his deal and play till he's in his mid-40s. That's why now is when he's pushing for it, even though he's got eight years left on this deal. That's my point. And I'm saying to you, John, that I think we all know at 37 years old, you've never been more powerful. So that's not. <laughs> a, I don't think that should be a concern. And I feel like I'm at my peak power right now. So I do. I do understand what he's saying. So uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I get that. I get that too. But man, it just is this is this just an indication that that Philadelphia and Bryce Harper, the intensity levels 
are such a good match that he that he he yeah he wouldn't be doing this if he had landed in in like the with the Yankees or anything. This is like such a good fit that he will literally play here forever. Uh, I don't know. It just feels very singular. It feels very distinct in in baseball and contracts and all that kind of history. Because I, like I said, I don't remember anything like this. A player no. making as no. much noise about getting an extension of their very very large and expensive contract and and being. At playing at a level where it was like, yeah, sure, let's just all think about eternity together. Yeah, I, you're completely right. I don't like. I think if he had gone to the Giants, no, the Brewers, no. Like, there, is there another fan base? Like, and part of it is that Philadelphia is, you know, we are who we are, and that we have been thirsty for a player like Harper oh, yeah. forever. A guy who. Is it from here? Didn't come up with the team. Willingly chose to be here. Was good after he was here. And has wanted to stay. Like, we've wanted this guy. And now he's here. And he wants us too. It all just feels too perfect. And I think everyone's waiting for the for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm doing. I guess that's my jaded yep. view. Sneaking <laughs> what's, his, what's his scheme? Who's he versus? What's, yeah, what's right, happening right. here? How do we lose? <laughs> the, other, the other thing to think about, like, how much, if if the Phillies are kind of delaying this a little bit, and it sure seems like Dombrowski's kind of like, can, can we not just right now? You know, let's take a breather, man. Take, just, You're 30. I, but he doesn't. Dombrowski's wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt with, like, or a, or a bathrobe in his hotel, and Bryce is just, like, pounding on his door, like, hey, Dave, I, I saw you go in there. Like, hey, I, can you talk a little extension stuff? He's like, Bryce, please, I'm tired. I just yeah. worked out that very important and, and Whit- very time consuming Whit Merrifield deal. Right. Like, just give me a second. I got a Wheeler's extension up next. Like, just get get in line. You're not going anywhere anytime soon. Right, so right. Let's so like, let's all just chill. It's it looks from the outside like the Phillies have all of the leverage here, and really they do. But you also don't <laughs> want to make Scott Boris and Bryce Harper unhappy and have them and have this continuing to come up over and over and over again to the point where maybe it becomes a distraction. So there's a little bit of leverage on Bryce Harper's part too, and he's also. I think I saw what is he like the fortieth highest paid player per average annual value in baseball right now. Like it's in the he's I think I forget what it is, but it's like twenty five million or something like that a season. So like he's not making much per season. So if he's also thinking I'm I've sacrificed my opt outs, right? I so he 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 didn't want any opt outs in the contract. He said you know his agent said we didn't want the, the lack of opt outs to penalize him from you know from getting a contract extension later on down the line. But I got to believe the Phillies are thinking. I'm even sure that anybody was even ever thinking about a contract extension after the 13 years when the opt-outs yeah. were, were put in place. Like, that could not have been something that anyone was thinking about at that point. I think this is – I think you're right. The, his annual value, I hadn't even thought about that. But that he is definitely looking at that. If he can have a bounce back – not even a bounce back. If he can continue doing this season what he was doing last season after he got all of his power back. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Phillies, I think, will owe him a renegotiation of his of the remainder of his contract. Because when he says, "I want an extension," I think what he really wants is a renegotiation of his remaining years. For to either give him, he either wants to tack on more years with more money and probably a special services contract, or he wants to renegotiate the the early stuff and get more money up front 
and he can forget the rest of it or whatever. Because I think the the goal of this is for him to get paid like the top the top first baseman that he is now. <laughs> I like the idea that the Phillies have all the leverage because these are negotiations that they never expected to be in, I feel like. <laughs> like they just sit down at a table and Bryce Harper and Scott Boris sit across from them and they're like, oh, you really got us by the collar here, Dave. And he's like, what are you, what are you t- I'm just trying to eat lunch. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, we didn't even have a meeting yourself, you know? <laughs> I'm in Vegas for vacation. Why are you here? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, do, I think one of the, and I want to tie Bryce Harper into the next uh, area of discussion. There was an article, I think it was in the Inquirer, but forgive me if it wasn't, uh, about uh, Trey Turner and talking about his defensive struggles last year. And you forget about with the offensive issues that he had throughout the first four months, his defense was a real problem last year for a big I didn't part. I was about that. Yeah, I, well, I, I yeah. just focus so much on the strikeouts and the slumps and stuff. But even, even in the uh, playoffs, that phenomenal defensive double play that he turned aside, there were some serious, there were some errors that he committed in the playoffs that could have turned out to be really harmful. And thankfully, they weren't. But all season long, he struggled defensively. And so I'm looking at Trey Turner. I think he'll have a bounce back season defensively for sure. I don't know that he's ever going to go back to being what he was before as a defensive player. And he was never. I don't know if there was ever a time where he was an elite defensive player, but he's always been above league average, but last year definitely well below league average. Who do you think has a higher wins above replacement in 2024? Trey Turner or Bryce Harper? Last year, Trey Turner finished with more wins above replacement than Harper at 3.8. Harper was at 3.3. I think when we think of MVP candidates on this team, though, we would rank Bryce Harper ahead of Trey Turner. That doesn't necessarily mean one has to have a higher wins above replacement than the other. But generally speaking, that's a good indication that one player's had a better season than the other. So what do you guys think? Justin, what do you think? Who finishes with a higher wins above replacement? I guess the question is, who is probably a more likely MVP candidate? Um, I'm going to say Harper. I think he, I referred to him as liquid baseball last year because you just, whatever spot you put him in, he just fills comfortably. There's no other way to explain his comfort comfortability at um, first, like the, having never played there before. So like defensively, he's not playing a, the hardest position the way Turner is. So, and he's being put there because they feel like he is, you know, especially suited for it at this point. He proved he can play there well enough, not even just well enough. He looked like he'd been playing there for a while yeah. at that point. So I feel like the defense isn't really the concern. And, you know, if we're thinking of these two guys, both playing full seasons at the level that is appropriate to their talent, um, unlike last year, then I think you're you're just you're just going to get more production out of Bryce Harper. Hopefully, you're getting high production out of both of them. And if they are playing at the level I just said, then you are getting high production out of both of them. I just think Harper is just capable. He just seems like he's constantly capable of more. Whether it's defensive positions, years on his already long contract, the distance of the home runs he hits, like it just it seems like crazy to say. But what if we haven't hit Bryce Harper's ceiling yet? <laughs> there's yeah, really it's no, fair. There's no evidence that that has happened. So uh, I feel like you, you got you have to say Harper because I don't see an, an an obvious hole in his game if he's on the field. It's just so cool that he's he's on the Phillies. Sorry, <laughs> I was just it's what I was thinking about when you were talking. I'm just like, oh my god, he's on the Phillies and he has been for a while. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I my answer is Harper, but I'll just say Trey Turner to be contrarian because I think he, despite how great he looked in the World Baseball Classic, it did throw him off. Something, yeah. whatever, something happened. You know, pod person, Freaky Fridays switching, who knows? But he, it, something wasn't right, and so hopefully this season everything is going to start the way it's supposed to start, God willing, and um. You know, I think that will do a lot for him, and we'll be able to get the full Trey Turner experience, which includes him playing very well, mm-hmm. <laughs> being a good baseball player for the whole season. Yeah. Imagine if we got the Trey Turner, per, Trey Turner's performance from the World Baseball Classic in like April of the regular <laughs> season last year. I mean, there's no oh guarantee God. that would have happened, but you know, we were just talking about in regards to Merrifield, like how. The amount of time a guy plays can, you know, you can wear you down or it can just change the timing on things or, you know, it makes the longer you play, the more likely it is, you know, oh, a slump's going to pop up here just because or whatever. And the World Baseball Classic really made Turner's season that much longer. So, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not saying that's directly responsible, but it, you know, certainly contributes. I think we can all acknowledge that at this point as much as we like the WBC. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I think uh, just just imagine that. Imagine that he started his Phillies tenure playing at that level because that was <laughs> he, people would forget about that at that point. That's but he nuts. looked incredible. Oh man, <laughs> he just he, he just wasn't uh, playing for the Phillies. That monster yet. home run. He hit like two home runs in a game. Did he hit three yeah. or so, it was something? It was something bonkers. Yeah, he he was on fire. I remember watching that and all of us being giddy about it because like, oh my gosh, we got a, he's going to win MVP. Like, look at this guy. He's going to win MVP. He's just cranking homers left and right. And, you know, I don't remember him being that streaky when he was with the Nationals or the Dodgers. And I didn't play him. I didn't see him play every day. But when he got hot in August, it got like that. Like, he was just, he was cranking home runs left and right. I mean, he finished with well over 20 home runs and he couldn't buy a dinger through the first four months of the season. So it was just wild how his season turned around and, and did a 180 in August and, and carried it through into September. And for most of October, until, of course, late in the NLCS, when everybody was becoming too homer happy and, and forgetting about other aspects of the game. But I, I think Tariq Turner, too, is maybe the most forgotten member of this team. Like, when we think about the Phillies, we think about Bryce, and I think we think about Schwarber and Castellanos and Bohm and Stott. Sorry. <clears throat> I can't pause that when you're on video. Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I think he's. I think he's the most forgotten member of the team. I forget about him. Like I forget that he's also going to be. Your, how long did he sign for? Like a eleven long time. years. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be here a really long time. Wow. Like another decade. Trey Turner is going to be here. We think about Bryce Harper being here for a long time, and I think I know. I forget that Turner is also going to be here. Well, into the time when we are both ready to look for assisted living communities for ourselves. So, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's pretty amazing and that we just kind of forget about him. But I really do think he's kind of a forgotten guy. I've got to say first that the most forgotten Philly is Rodolfo Castro, who I'm pretty sure didn't exist Fair. outside of paper. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I think your point is valid. Who even is that? <laughs> That's right. I'm pretty sure he was a white collar crime. The Phillies were committing in some capacity. Yes, I think I, that's. I think that's right. Someone got I five years right. for it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
couple other things I did want to mention uh, real quick. The Phillies did make a couple of other moves this week. Uh, the Phillies signed David Dahl to a minor league contract. Uh, Dahl still just 29 years old, but he was with the Rockies for a number of years. Looked like he was going to be a really good young player for them, but then encountered all kinds of injuries. Uh, so the Phillies are looking to him as outfield depth in the minors. I guess if he has some success in AAA and Jake Cave continues to Jake Cave, you could see him get called up to the majors and they, he gets a shot as a left-handed guy off the bench, but a ways away from that. But just 29 years old, you know, you take a shot on a guy who showed some promise earlier in his career. And the Jake Phillies, Cave, Jake Cave hasn't done anything. Name has come up a lot. No, we want like him to go place. away in the worst way, do we not? <laughs> Oh my god, are you kidding me? I'm leading that charge. Yeah. But I just feel like not even just with us. I think the name Jake Cave has come up in like every conversation about the Phillies since they got to camp. And he hasn't done anything. There's like no notable things about Jake Cave. It's just everyone's like, How do we have less? How do we have less Jake Cave? How do we have less of this? I think that's the problem. He hasn't done anything. And that's why everybody <laughs> wants Jake Cave to move on and find a different left handed bench uh bench bat. But uh, you know. It's, again, a left-handed bench bat. He's a fifth outfielder. Uh, we'll see. But the Phillies bring David Dahl in for that purpose. The Phillies also signed Ricardo Pinto. Remember him? He was with the Phillies in 2017. Yes. Made twenty made 25 appearances with the Phillies in 2017. Uh, oh, he yeah. was playing in the Caribbean Series, held in Miami, and performed exceedingly well there. So, you know, hey. He won, he won uh, games one and five. He got the wins in that series. Okay. Well, All good. right. Yeah. yeah, so, where, you know, where are they now, Ricardo Pinto? They are back in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alec Bohm won his arbitration case. Did you guys talk about that on the last episode? I'm trying to remember. No, that uh, that popped out right, I think, right after the Merrifield news, and, and we had just closed up shop again. So that was cool. I mean, yeah. was, it, was it still that, that Howard was the last one to win an arbitration case for the yeah, Phillies? Yeah, I think that was only the second time the Phillies have lost an arbitration case. I think they're 2-8. and eight. In, in, I mean, the, the players are two and eight against the Phillies in arbitration cases. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think Bone was only deal. the second player. Yeah. Yeah. Bone was asked, you know, if sitting in the, uh, you know, and listening to all the stuff the Phillies said, if it hurt his feelings. And he's like, you know, no, you got to have a thick skin. You know, you got to you can't let that stuff get to you. And my interpretation was, no, it didn't hurt my feelings. I won and they lost. <laughs> right. They turns out they were wrong. Turns out, that's they exactly. Were wrong. It didn't hurt my feelings well, and, and because everything that they said was wrong. <laughs> right, right. And I think, you know, Alec Bohm, we all can agree, with, with Bryce Harper playing first base long term, when, when Alec Bohm is, is his his time under team control uh, probably moves on elsewhere like Reese, Reese Hoskins has moved on elsewhere. So I don't think there's a lot of worry about not being able to hold on, about this being a long-term problem going to arbitration and all that kind of stuff sometimes you worry about that with a player that you want to keep around for a long time and i'm not saying alec bohm's on his way out or anything like that but um there was not who, really any who worry won't about you that. say is yeah. on the way out harper's on the decline bohm's on his way out I mean, turner's just... not gonna be as good as he was you said that earlier <laughs> you're pulling the shutters down on <laughs> i know Bank you're Park. ready to Listen, move on I, I came in to last season hooting and hollering about this baseball team and they slammed the door. So I'm just I'm just trying to pump brakes right now. Just trying to pump everybody's brakes a little bit. That's all. That's what I, we need. Right all right. Now. Everyone, That's what hey, we calm need. down. Don't be excited. Everybody about calm this. down. Baseball's back. But shut I'm up about say, it. I'm not saying Alec <laughs> Bohm is a bad player. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying he's not signing a 10 year deal with the team. I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy to say. Right. 
Yeah, I think Bryce is going to take all the years they could offer to anybody else. That's anyway, right. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. That's all I'm saying. I like Alec Bohm. I think he's fine. All right, uh, it's time for our segment of the show uh, where we take a look back at a, at a Phillies player from the days of yore. Uh, and Liz Rocher here is uh, able to take us home uh, with a little where are they now Philly style. So, Liz, go ahead. Yes. You guys want to choose a another another character from this list? Last week we did Gene Garber. Uh, his mm-hmm. tagline was, he's from Lancaster. All right, yeah. Uh, John, why don't you pick? I picked Garber last week, so why don't you? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the guy who might have uh... – Wet himself in the outfield. I, I don't have the list in front of me, but that's the guy I think I would like All to right. zero in on in this episode. Uh, Rick Bazzetti. Let me have a look. He finds his. Can I share a story real quick? Yes. It's, it's going to be embarrassing. Okay, so <laughs> great. Bear with me. So I think it was uh, I was like eleven or twelve or whatever, and I was out in I was out in right field. Um, I mean, I was way out in right field, and uh, this inning I, I had to go to the bathroom, and this inning just kept going. This guy, our pitcher, couldn't get anybody out. No, I mean just. We, they must have given up like 15 runs in this inning. We didn't have a five-run rule like they have in Little League now. Like you can't give up any more than five runs in an inning to avoid a situation exactly like I'm going to to describe. And I had to go to the bathroom in the worst way. And it just got to a point where I'm standing out in right field, and in like 20 minutes I'm out there, and I had an accident out in right field. So I knew like it would be – I knew I was going to be mortified and embarrassed as I ran back to the bench, and I'm like, you can't hide it. There's no hiding it. So, I mean, and we this is like the third inning. There's still a, like a whole game to play. Oh, God. So, so I get back, and I, I have my glove over uh, to protect myself. And then it dawns on me. I had like this whole whole cooler full of like iced tea. Mm, there you go. And so I thought to my, <laughs> I can save it. I spilled the iced tea all over me. I was like, oh, I spilled my iced tea. Can you believe this? It's all, I got all over my pants. Can you look at the iced tea all over my pants? I just, oh, my it, God. John, I guess, no one knew. <laughs> one coach just like looks up from his clipboard Until and now. just go like all over your pants. It's like, wait, what, what did I just watch? I, oh no, I spilled my nice tea all over all my over. pants. All over, all over. I was thirsty the rest of the game, but it was a small price to pay. Anyway, coach is like, I'm just trying to win a ball game here. <laughs> what is happening? I was not a good player at that point, uh, so he. D- I don't think I raised an eyebrow. <laughs> All right, Liz, take it away. All right, so this is from Where Have You Gone, Philadelphia Phillies, by Franz Zimnich. Uh, This is Rick Bozzetti. He was born in 1953 in Redding, California, seven-year major league career. Um, He spent one year with the Phillies. His major league debut was 1976. All right. To say that Rick Bozzetti was quite a character is a huge understatement. Bo broke into the majors with the 76 Phillies, hitting a respectable 276 in 13 games. He was a player who wore his heart on his sleeve, and the faithful in the stands liked what they saw of this exuberant young player. The Phil- those Philadelphia squads of the mid to late 70s were loaded with talent, making it difficult for a young player to break into the lineup. I had come up through the Phillies organization, and I loved it, Bozzetti said. I came from a blue-collar background, and if you really appreciate special things that happen... And, uh, and you really appreciate the special things that happened to you. Even though I was there for a short time, the fans were very accommodating of me, and I related to them. They saw that I really worked hard. Everybody in the stands thinks that they could play in the major leagues because everybody played baseball. I think that I kind of acted like most of them would have acted if they were given a chance. <laughs> Bassetti was sent to St. Louis where he played in just 41 games in 1977. 
His baseball career seemed to be on the way up with the trade to Toronto, where he played regularly for two years in March of 78 in exchange for Tony Bruno. Or, so, excuse Tom Bruno. I was going to say, with the Blue Jays. We got we to dig in on that. Tony Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hold on. Let me have a look. Tom, Tom Bruno. Tom Bruno. Tom Bruno. Makes sense. Okay. I do not have a physical book. I have screenshots I took from archive.org. Fair enough. With the Blue Jays, Bazzetti became the regular center fielder, hitting 259 in 1978 and 260 the following year, playing in all 162 games. But he broke his arm early in the 1980 season and never got a chance to play regularly again, as a young outfielder named Lloyd Mosby made the most of his opportunity with the Blue Jays. I was the kind of player who needed to play every day to be a benefit to the team, Bosetti says. It takes a special type of player to come off the bench. I was, I was the kind of player that needed to know that they had confidence in me and that I'd continue to get a chance to play. After being relegated can to I, a back... <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, can I time out for, for just a second? I think every yes, player you can. who wants to play every day will say, you know, I really benefit more if I'm playing every day, getting playing all the time. You know, I'm not really as good of a bench player as I am playing every single day, <laughs> making more money, playing every single day of baseball. Anyway, just, you know, I've, I feel like I've heard that before from, from players. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. After being relegated to a backup role, he played out the string until 1982 when he finished up in six games for Oakland. But when he played regularly, Bo was the type of player who could hit 260 and was an outstanding outfielder. An interesting kind of guy, Bosetti was able to literally leave his mark on nearly every major league outfield. Once before a AAA game in Oklahoma City, he relieved himself in the outfield since the players' facilities were far away. Not broken, just far. <laughs> he continued and expanded his trademark hobby at the majors, urinating in the outfield of every American League stadium and a majority of National League parks, which must be a record of some sort. That's literally Imagine written. It must be a record of some sort. You work with somebody who's just like constantly doing this, just like peeing all over the place of the workplace. <laughs> you know. And then the next thing you hear him say is, "Is like you know, I should really be around more. I should really be here every day. That's I would. I think we would all benefit more from me, more of me, everywhere, all the time." I feel like this is a safe space where I can share. Uh, I've got this thing that I do. Um, I got this little quirk. <laughs> hear me out. It hear me might, out. Might sound strange, but. I picked it up from my dog. Yeah. I just sort of pee outdoors point, everywhere. At this point, if I'm not in the bathroom, it's too far away. <laughs> he slaves to convenience. <laughs> These kids today. Uh, I just, I just, I looked up an article on him, and he was, you know, it was like after his playing career, and he was doing one of those. Um, you know, oh, the players today, they walk in the door and they make a hundred grand. So they, you know, they take things for granted and blah, blah, blah. And not like us back in the day where like, you know, <laughs> the these kids today, they have toilets and bathrooms with walls so that you can't see what they're doing in there. It's, oh my God, the luxuries of the modern game. It's too much. We're all forced to pee in our position. Not like when I was. <laughs> we all had to pee in our positions. There's no choice. No choice. <laughs> We, were we wanted to do it. <laughs> we were sharing gloves. Uh. Oh, my God. All right. 
So this here's is why a, I wanted to talk about this guy. Exactly. <laughs> so here's a, here's a quote from him. All the publicity started when Rick Cerrone mentioned me in a magazine article about about flakes of the game. <laughs> Bosetti said it got blown all out of proportion, and people would watch to see if they could catch me. Oh my god! I never. Well, <laughs> can, that'll can happen. You, can you blame him? I mean, <laughs> I know. This is not the, on us, man. I'm the sorry. Rick Bizzetti, the Rick Bosetti P Patrol would easily have been something at a stadium today. So that's can you imagine the Vet it. Fan Club? What, yeah. what signs oh, they hold? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. There. <laughs> I don't want. I mean, I, I just thought of three of them, but you know, we can't say that can't stuff say on the show this, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, not anymore. We'll do that on a Patreon episode sometime. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I never did it during a game. <laughs> Hey, I was 24 oh. years old, and it was all in fun. I was a child, a young 24-year-old child. <laughs> I'd only been driving for eight years, <laughs> capable of going to war for the previous six. I couldn't be held responsible for my inability, or not even my inability, my desire not my de- to unending, urinate in an Unending desire. <laughs> Peeing in the outfield is just what I did. It's not who I was. That's right. That's right. I've, I've got some bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> Your legacy is it's intact, this. but not I the sure, way you wanted it nope. to be. <laughs> I sure hope at the end of the day we judge every man not by their worst moments, <laughs> but by their best their moments. Best. Uh, I mean, this isn't Following even really that Facebook. bad, honestly. No, it's not. We've heard <laughs> yeah. a lot worse than this. You consider what so someone like worse. a book full of guys who used to play baseball, you know, you can, you can find a lot worse stories. My about God, yeah. yeah. This is tame. Following his baseball career, Rick got involved in the technology field and purchased a company called Team Solutions with locations in Chico, Eureka, and his hometown of Redding, California. You could tell that the writer has no idea what this company does. I mean, no. does anyone? No. I bet people who work there have no, no they idea make what technology. they do. <laughs> it's a technology company. That's pretty straightforward. They yeah, it's make like a wall. Technology. It's got lights and buttons on it. That's about Maybe it. somebody pulls a lever this camera, once a week. This camera may Press have been made. It was made by That's a technology a company. Yes. Yeah. Um, he has also been very involved in his community, coaching baseball and swimming. A member of the planning commission commission in Shasta County, he is a candidate for the board of swimming supervisors. Swimming is the perfect back sport in 2003. for this man. <laughs> I know. But said he loved his time with the Phillies organization. I just hope that people will remember me as someone who gave everything he had when he was on the field. That's the way I played the game. I was nuts, but I played hard. He literally <laughs> left it all out on the field. I got chuck out yeah. one second to no. go. <laughs> no. He left every ounce of his competitiveness on the field. He squeezed every drop out of that career. <laughs> There's nothing left in the tank. <laughs> oh, man. When does spring training start? I don't know. I don't know. We, need some, we need the Phillies to report to Clearwater soon. This is, this is how we're pulling oh, 10 minutes. This is great. If you think that I'm going to stop this once spring training and oh, then no, the no, season this has starts, to keep going. We're do, I'm doing this until we run out of them. So. All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll do another one next week because uh, because yeah, this we have to keep this rolling. This is a this is a fun segment. So uh, thank you, Liz, for bringing uh, this to our attention. My What's the name of this book always. again? It is uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Where have you gone? It's part of it's one of those um, series that you know they do with all of the teams and mm-hmm. they've got different authors. So you know you could find it for every team, but you could probably you could find this on archive.org. 
Okay. Uh, and perhaps okay. on eBay. All righty. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's finish up with some final thoughts here as we wrap up. Uh, Justin, final thoughts from you. I'm just going to use one of the topics we didn't get to that uh, apparently this week Rob Thompson said that Kyle Schwarber will in fact appear in left field for the Philadelphia Phillies this season. Mm -hmm. And if the signing of Whit Merrifield rocked this city to its core, the idea that Kyle Schwarber will ever touch outfield grass with his cleats again is going to let me like the, a, a mall will open up and swallow the city whole. Uh, I, th- I think, I mean, I'll admit I, even I was like, yeah, Schwarber's done in the outfield, right? Like they're saying, they yeah. said Harper is playing first and Schwarber will be D- the DH. Like that just makes sense. Yeah. Moving forward. And then to see Thompson say that was just like, all oh, right. They are probably going to give some guys some days off, yeah, some and, days off. And, and it's not like uh, he can't play left field ever right. again. We it's just, just that he shouldn't play left field right. ever again. Not a lot, you know? Sure. Right. And again, this is all very normal, but <laughs> right. uh, I can't, I, I got to admit that when I saw it, I was like, what? Yeah. You're right. Okay. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no, we. I think we have gotten into the habit of thinking about these this Phillies team as like video game Phillies. Like you know, you we we could set this lineup, and in a video game, you don't ever have to put Schwarber out in left field. You don't ever have to give Bryce Harper a day off first base. You don't ever have to do anything like that. Uh, that's that's just not the case. That's why you saw so much Jake Cave a year ago because you do have to give guys days off and you do have to put that gray-bearded guy out in left field every once in a while and let him run around and, and give Nick Castellanos a day off and right every once in a while. Like that just there's a reason you have Garrett Stubbs, right? Cuz JT Realmuto can't play every day. So yeah, Schwarber will play some left field. Uh we'll see if you it's uh you how much? Stubbs, Stubbs gets to play 3 afternoons a year uh, <laughs> yeah. because JT Realmuto is human as much as he fights that idea. That's right. Did we Liz, want final to, thoughts? My final thought is going to be, all right, would we rather the Jake Cave uh, discourse or do we want to go back to the Garrett Stubbs discourse of the mm. the, of the post postseason last year? Because everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, he mean, is the worst uh, thing the to ever idea happen that to they the have Phillies to since it. the beginning of Yep. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. improve it. <laughs> yeah. Backup catcher that will surely fix all of our problems. Listen, if you try to get rid of Garrett Stubbs, I mean, good luck. Yeah. Like there's, I don't think he's leaving there. no matter what. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. When they release him, he will not be gone. <laughs> no. Hide out like a, like a, like a rat in the locker room. With Special a... assistant to the general manager. <laughs> yeah. If he has to live in like a locker with that empty beer case, twelve. 12 pack on his head like he'll, he'll pretending do that. He'll to do be that. a table <laughs> he'll do that yeah i mean i don't know what his familial ties are where he's tied down to but i really do feel like he'll leave whatever is somewhere else and just camp out in citizens bank park during every summer un- until no, he's, he's it's he's that's his yeah. that's his family yeah, he, like, yeah he just got off a train one day and like <laughs> midway through last season dave dombrowski was like did we sign that guy Where did <laughs> he's still he? here where did he go? Yeah, from? He's, he's just the it's Phillies like, uh, the uninvited he roadie. He just crawled out of the tarp when we, uh, the, at the first rain delay, and I don't know. I just, he's been if, here ever since. <laughs> if, if we stop paying him, maybe he'll stop showing up. Did no, that, we no. did stop. I don't That's think right. he has been paying. <laughs> no, it's like there's this whole. My dad mentioned. Uh, uh, the Cameron Crow movie, almost famous earlier today. And now I'm just imagining. Garrett Stubbs following the Phillies around the country. Yeah. Like he's one of their. <laughs> Kate Hudson. Yeah. Like he's Kate, like, or like he's Kate Hudson or Patrick Fugit. Right. You know, one of them just That's like the trying to write a story about the Phillies. 
<laughs> Who would have thought in 2023 we would feel such wonderful feelings about all these individual members of the Phillies, but also still be talking about David Buchanan and Ricardo Pinto? <laughs> How are we doing that? It's it's truly what's old is new again, and then <laughs> those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it or re-sign the players from your history. That portion of it that was doomed anyway. Hey, I've got to say one more additional final thought that yeah. you're starting to see this theme of of um, cha- like change kind of emerge from these Phillies. I think as people in year three of this competitive era where you heard Zach Wheeler talking about how much the Phillies have changed since even he signed uh, in, like, 2020 or so. And uh, Buchanan, Alex Coffey, wrote a profile on him um, Mm -hmm. that I think was today where he talked about the changes in the organization from 2016 to today. And, you know, it's easy to to feel the difference between, hey, we're a playoff team and Jared Williams. Jared Williams? Jared Williams. Yeah, maybe. There might have been that guy. I don't know. He's starting again today. Whatever. Uh, And, and yeah, I think you're just starting to see that kind of emerge as this theme this year. And, you know, it is kind of healthy to look back and be like, man, there has been – well, I would say a lot of progress was made. But really what it was was no progress for a long time and then a lot of progress packed into a small amount of time. But even so, it's – you know, it's 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 something that, it, 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 like you said, doomed to repeat history. Well, it's nice to see the breaking of the many failure cycles that the Phillies yeah. were trapped in for a long time. So it is, it's, uh, and we talked about this on Friday, but it is nice to see that the Phillies have made themselves an organization that the evidence of change is there, and that the players have recognized it, and it has become a destination that players they they want to be there. Yeah, and and Jerome, Jerome Williams, thank you, good one, good Jerome call, Williams. Elizabeth, thank you. And so much of that is Dave Dombrowski, just the professionalism and the competency that he brought to the organization to the point where it's filtered all through the minor league system. And now you're actually seeing players develop and and the major league team have this camaraderie and and the the city's married to it. I I really do think that comes down to Dombrowski and John Middleton letting him cook. And and that's that's where a lot of this has come from. But we should do a deeper dive into this because I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about the difference between those teams and this team. And it probably does all come back to the Dombrowski decision to come here to Philadelphia. But uh, we can tackle that on another episode of the podcast. In the meantime, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Hit and Season. A couple of different places I want to remind you about. Again, you can find links to all these different things in the show notes on our YouTube and on our podcast page, uh, hittenseason.com. Uh, pardon me. BillyPen.com slash Hit and Season uh, is our Billy Penn landing page. It's where you can find all of our posts that go along with the podcast. Uh, you can check out our Hit and Season Patreon, where we have some bonus podcasts for you there. That's at Patreon.com slash Hit and Season. And, of course, read all of Liz's work at Yahoo Sports, sports.yahoo.com, and Justin over at Baseball Prospectus, baseballprospectus.com, and, of course, my stuff at The Good Fight as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Hit and Season. 